Hi guys, my name is Steph and welcome to my podcast, The Happy Healing Podcast. This first episode is basically going to be a little introduction to myself to, I guess, share parts of my journey, share how I got here, what I'm actually doing in this space, what my practice is and all that kind of thing. So I guess I kind of want to start by saying that this journey has been a long journey. I've always been someone who is extremely inquisitive, extremely philosophical. I'm very interested in self-development and religion and spirituality, purpose and truth. And I believe that we all have a purpose, a mission, a calling, a dharma, a reason to be here and to explore our perceived reality and way of being and understanding this human experience. And I believe that the only way we can really figure out what our purpose is and who we truly are is by living out the most authentic versions of ourselves. And unfortunately, we live in a world where authenticity isn't really something that we come across a lot. You know, we may think that we come across authentic people. We may even believe ourselves to be authentic. But when we really break down a lot of it, most of who we are is conditioned. Are our thoughts really our thoughts or are they things we have learned to believe? Are our opinions ours or have they come from someone else? You know, breaking down these things, having these questions, pondering those answers, that helps us kind of break down and understand who we really are. And sometimes the uncomfortable truth of the fact that we haven't really been living a fully uh, authentic life is so uncomfortable that a lot of the time people will shut the door. They'll shut the door on that. They might take it to a certain level and then they go, this will do. And I'm all about the, this will never do. I will never know enough because the more I know, the more I know, I don't know my favorite saying. And the more you dig, the more there is to discover the growing, the unpacking, the truth seeking, it will never stop. And I've joked many times before by saying this is both a blessing and a motherfucking curse. Now, understanding that our experience in this life, in our past lives, the experiences of our parents and the generations before us, understanding that those experiences are stored in our body that they are passed down and that subconscious understanding of who we are, those subconscious beliefs are stored in the body and show up as physical ailments. That is why the work I do and the work that I have studied and the therapy I most believe in has become my calling, my purpose, my passion. And I want to help people get to the root of the things that get in the way of them living out their fullest, happiest, most authentic versions of themselves. Strip away all the false narratives, release all your emotions, live fully, presently, happily, peacefully, and step into who you were always truly meant to be. Understanding the difference between the path your ego wants you to take versus the path that your soul is calling out for you to listen to. I want you to be empowered. I spent so much of my life sitting in emotions that I didn't understand that didn't serve me. I let anxiety rule a lot of my mind because I didn't understand things clearer and my perspective was just so distorted and wrongly conditioned. 
I have spent most of my adult life undoing that, unbecoming all the things that I had become that were never truly me. I've relearned, retaught, even reparented myself. I've been to every type of therapy. I've gone to so many practitioners, therapists, coaches, spiritual healers, energy workers, medium guides. Seriously, I've done tens of courses, diplomas, certificates, CBT, RTT, NLP, hypnotherapy, kinesiology, Reiki, the list goes on. I've traveled all over the world, spent so much money on retreats and workshops, lived in a monastery in India, taken psychedelics, gone to the most incredible teachers. And I'm talking 10 years of this now. And I guess it's all those little things that I guess they do add up in a way, but nothing changes who you are as much as your own understanding of your own self. And people can guide you, people can direct you, but no one else can do the work and no one else is going to go on that journey for you. This is a solo mission. And what I have come across and what I have studied and why I have chosen to do self-directed healing is because this gives you the power. You can do this wherever. You just need to become aware of and understand and feel your emotions. And I guess the tagline to that, as cheesy as it is, is you have to feel it to heal it. And that is easier said than done because most of us like to repress any emotion that is uncomfortable. But what we do in my chair is we fucking feel it so that we never have to feel it again. Self-directed healing is a mixture of hypnosis, body testing, talk therapy, and the combination of those three modalities I find to just be the most transformative. And clients can see incredible shifts and changes even after just one session. I don't have a magic wand, but what I do have are tools and I have a really big mirror that I'm going to show you. And when I'm speaking of a mirror, I'm speaking of a metaphorical mirror. I'm going to show you yourself. I'm going to show you where you are lying to yourself. I'm going to show you where you pretend. I'm going to show you where your ego gets in the way of your soul, where your human self is too loud for you to hear the voice of your higher self. We are going to look at things that have happened to you in the past, in your childhood, maybe even lifetimes ago. And I'm going to create that safe space for you to just feel so that you can heal. I started my healing journey genuinely about 10 years ago. I was always hyper, hyper aware that I wanted to become something a lot bigger than I could even understand at the time. I always knew that that didn't mean anything from an egotistical standpoint. I wasn't interested in achieving anything superficially or materialistically. But what I was absolutely fucking certain about was that I wasn't going to live a life only understanding a fraction of who I truly am or what life is really all about. At the time, I didn't have many people, if any, to talk to about this stuff. So I found solace in books and gurus and any teacher that I could get my hands on. A lot of my friends at the time would joke and say I was a bit of a hippie, a gypsy even, traveling a lot and moving around, always searching for something. I remember just desperately searching 
And it's taken me 10 years to realize it's not a place or a person that is going to heal you. That comes from you. And I encourage people to embrace the breakdowns and the bad things that have happened in their lives and almost look at them with different eyes. Look at those moments as gifts because it is that exact pain that you can turn into power. And it's hard to generate an awful lot of power without pain. It's a weird reality to accept. But when you are really content and happy, there's not really much pushing you to strive for more, right? So it's kind of that oxymoron where a bad thing is a good thing and too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Or is everything good? I mean, I guess it just depends on our level of self-awareness, right? We're just trying to figure it out. Everyone is just trying to figure it out. Everyone just wants to be happy. And when you can understand that, that the goal for everyone is just happiness and everyone just has different ways of getting there and different ways of expressing that, it's really easy to just accept everyone and everything because what another does is something that you can do and triggers are mirrors to what we don't like about ourselves. I think one of the things I'm really good at is fixing people's relationships with themselves through seeing themselves in the relationships that they have with others. And I learned a lot about that through, well, the most triggering relationship that I found myself in. And that is the relationship that I had with an ex-partner of mine, someone who I loved so deeply but challenged me so much emotionally. I look back at that time and I'm so fucking grateful because fuck that broke me, but it cracked me open into something and someone so different, so aware, so responsible, so accountable for my own life. And I'm at a point now where I radically accept and I'm accountable for anything in any way that I react, I needed that mirror to become this best version of myself. I don't need approval or validation from anyone because I know myself. I love and validate myself. And that's what I want to help you guys do because the love you have for yourself is the foundation for not only the love that you can give, but the love you allow yourself to receive. This gives me a confidence and a freedom in life that liberates me mentally. There is so much power in saying, hey, that's on me. Give it all to me. I can take it. We don't play victim here. We don't play martyr. We don't hang our hats on labels. We're just sovereign and we can do this. And I really, really want to help you get there. So let me tell you a little bit about self-directed healing and what would happen during a session. Because I think if I can empower you with the knowledge and understanding of what a session entails, then you can make an informed decision on whether or not you are ready for this kind of work. Self-directed healing was created by a wonderful woman called Claire Beasley. She noticed and respected a variety of modalities, noticing that some work on your conscious mind, talk therapy, counseling, etc., some work on your subconscious mind, like hypnotherapy, and some work on the body and energy fields, such as Reiki and kinesiology, but none of them do everything. 
So she started sending her own clients off to incorporate all three types of healing modalities. And when they did, their results were outstanding. They would get conscious work done on figuring out their limiting beliefs. They would get subconscious work done with working on traumas and inner child healing. And suddenly magic would happen. So before long, Claire was able to bring together the perfect combination of what she believed were the most powerful aspects of the range of healing techniques that she had encountered. This works for everyone. It can help everyone from professionals under a lot of stress to people grieving to addicts. This is honestly transformative work. It's also brilliant because this form of therapy, this form of work doesn't create dependency. We actually don't want you to keep coming back. We want you to feel empowered to implement this into your own healing journey yourself. Because if you don't feel empowered, then you're never truly going to heal. It's fast and effective and you can integrate it into your own life yourself. What could be more empowering than that? Self-directed healing is like an umbrella of healing, pulling together all the tools to deliver a session that has real impact. My first session stunned me and inspired me so much so that I knew that this is what I wanted to do. This is work I could truly, truly get behind. So what sets self-directed healing apart from the rest of healing work, aside from obviously being a combination of all the modalities? Well, most healing modalities and the Western world has a perception that emotion is created as a result of thought. So you think something or see something, you think about it, and then your emotions respond. What makes this different and powerful is because we understand that it is the emotion that creates the thought. So the way I can explain it to you is this. Most people accept that between the ages of zero and seven, we are in a state of lesser consciousness. So we don't have the cognitive processing ability to recognize that if, for example, your dad's yelling at you, he might just be having a bad day or he's in a bad mood and it actually has nothing to do with you. We are more in a subconscious state and so we take everything on. And when these experiences happen, we create beliefs around them. So for example, you might see your father yelling at your mother one day and you see her in pain. We then feel that pain for her. We're empathic people. When someone is sad, we feel it and are sad for them. When you don't have the conscious ability to go, it's not me, it's them. All you do is feel it and you're having a really negative experience. And what happens from that is we create subconscious beliefs, which might be, you know, something like I'm not safe or I'm not loved. I'm not good enough. And these beliefs actually attach to the emotion and they live in our bodies. So when something happens in life, for example, you're driving down the street and someone cuts you off or you get road rage, we think, ah, that person has done this and it's created this feeling in me and now I'm angry and they're just an idiot. But what has happened is you have a wound, an emotion, a negative belief that is sitting in your physical body And when that happens, it just triggers that existing wound and it pops up and we get an emotional charge and we respond. 
but because we can't see ourselves from an emotional perspective, we only see our physical body. We walk around obliviously unaware of these emotions and beliefs that we are carrying around with us. If you could see everyone in their emotional body instead of their physical body, it would look like World War Three out there. All wounded individuals, all messy and bloody and painful to see. Because we are so unaware and unconscious when something happens, we have a response that we think is intellectual, when in fact, it is a response to someone poking our own gaping wounds, causing us to react. So typically what happens is we feel it first and then we attach a conscious belief. So if your subconscious belief is that you're not safe, you may have had something happen in childhood, say, you will always be living in fear. You might not feel it on a day-to-day, but it's under there. So when something external happens, which might be small, something that might scare you a little bit or triggers that emotion, and we think that it's the other person's fault, And then we start to create judgments on the other person and blame the other person. And suddenly the world's a bad place when what actually happened is we're just carrying a lot of emotional pain. And the reason we're carrying it like this is because in society today, you shouldn't be sad. You shouldn't be angry. You should never be yelling. You shouldn't blame. We are really taught that we shouldn't have any negative emotion. Positive ones are fine, but we don't want you to feel negative. And so because of that judgment, we then become self-critical and we go, God, what's wrong with me? And then we take a big breath and we push it down and we suppress it and try and make ourselves positive. And that is the most unhealthy thing that we can do to ourselves. 99% of illness is a result of negative emotion being suppressed in the body. Like how crazy is that? So to summarize that, traumatic symptoms are not caused by the triggering event itself. They stem from the frozen residue of energy that has not been resolved and discharged, aka our emotional residue, remains trapped in the nervous system where it ultimately wreaks havoc on our bodies. So what are the best ways to shift these existing limiting beliefs that we have that just do not serve us anymore? Well, we have been suppressing for such a long time that it's almost become subconscious. We generally don't know that we're even doing it most of the time. So there is a process of unlearning that. You have to become aware of when you are in an emotional state. Bring it to your conscious, own it. You need to have the self-awareness. You need to ask yourself, what is the emotion that I'm feeling? And some people find it really tricky to identify. What is the emotion truly? Then take a deep breath and ask yourself, where am I feeling it in the body? Because emotion is energy in motion and it is physical. So you are never not feeling an emotion and every emotion is physical. So it always is somewhere in the body. So you can literally do this right now at home, scan your body and find where are you feeling? Now this does take some practice as most of us are so in our heads that we find we are very disconnected from our bodies to start. When you have found the emotion, ask yourself, 
What color is it? It always has a color. And this helps us become intuitive and in tune. We need to make this emotion real and bring it to consciousness so we can clear it. The next thing you need to do is ask, how strong is this in my body right now? Give it a number out of 10. If it is an eight or a nine, own it. Be honest with yourself. And what happens next is the controversial part because a doctor or a psychologist, they'll tell you that you have to get rid of that feeling. Distract yourself. Think of something else. Take a pill. But no, what we do is we get you to feel it. Not only feel it, but expand it and get it to the highest possible number that you can, which sounds wild, right? Get more angry instead of calming down. But unless you process the emotion fully, you will never be able to shift it and get rid of it. And it will sit there and linger in a residual state. So once you know how to do this and feel it, you can get it out of your body and get it out for good. How empowering. You don't have to express it. You have to feel it. Use your imagination and breathe to give it life. If you feel an emotion to its max, you can't really hold it for more than 45 seconds anyway. Compare that to a lifetime. Once we figure out what your limiting beliefs are, we go into inner child work. We figure out when that belief was created for you. And as a practitioner, I will guide you through a process within your body to find out when that belief began. This stuff works. It's powerful. There is nothing more important than to learn about ourselves, understand ourselves so that we can understand each other and understand the world that we live in. When we have compassion for ourselves, we begin to have compassion for others. And instead of adding fuel to our anxious fires, we can instead just flow and relax and enjoy our experience on this earth. So I think this is enough for the first episode, a little introduction to me and my journey and what I do. I'm sure as the episodes goes on, you will get to know a lot more about me, probably a little bit too much at times, but this podcast is genuinely intended to serve you, to be part of your healing journey to educate you, to introduce you to new people, new concepts, new ways of thinking and being and evolving. I don't have all the answers. And that's why I have these guests on. I have a deep thirst for learning and I hope that as I quench my thirst, it benefits you too. I genuinely care about this stuff deeply. So I want to finish on inviting you to book a session with me. I know I can help you heal. I know I can help you release emotion and step into who you are truly meant to be. And otherwise, I just hope you enjoy these podcasts. All my passions coming together, sharing, speaking, teaching, healing. Thank you for being part of it. Thank you for your support and happy healing. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. It is a pleasure for me to bring these amazing people into your awareness. There is so much space for everyone to shine and grow. For more content, head to our Instagram page at Happy Healing Hypno. And until next time, happy healing.